0: Like, I, dude, when you told me you could get any guest in the world, the fact that you pulled out a Seacrest, I was like, holy cow! We've got Seacrest on the show? Um, so, yeah, I mean, not to, I mean. The one and
1: only talk. Seacrest that matters.
0: <laughs> yeah, we are enough, but the fact that we've got Seacrest, like, talk about a double whammy of a show. Like, amazing, right? I know.
1: People lost their minds when I posted Josh Seacrest is coming to the show. You've got fans, Josh. Hey, how are you?
2: Hi, all. Thanks hey, for having How me. are you? I mean, Josh, how are you? Oh, my goodness. I'm, I'm so good. And Leo, thank you so much for sharing the story. That made my day here.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you hear stories like that, you know, it makes you start to say, "Well, am I doing enough? You know, for my own, you know, am I am I working on the right things? And how do you make sure you take that introspective and, you know, to know that there's fighters out there in the world like
2: that? It just is inspiring." Yeah, I and mean, I love Jason. Your use of of warmth. It seems like that's kind of a common theme for you. So I think that's a, a yeah. cool one as we start to to talk about that. And I was so excited to come and and talk to you about um, the hourly space and like how do you how do you bring that same warmth and some human experience there? And, um, totally. it, it's not an area that's always had that. So Josh,
0: I've been bitching about <laughs> this hourly space now for pretty much the last eight weeks, um, mm-hmm. only, well, and longer, but really the last eight weeks, it, only from the standpoint that everywhere I go, there's yeah. no worker. Yeah. And everywhere I go. You know, I find places like a coffee place that says, you know, that used to be open until 10 for me to go sit and have a conversation with someone now is only open till one, because I can't find any workers or, Hey, grocery stores, we don't have enough people to open until nine. And, and all that stuff to me is a part of this now of work that we all have to realize. And I was having this conversation with someone yesterday that, you know, they're like, oh, this hourly thing's crazy. This hourly thing's crazy. I'm like, yeah, but it's affecting everyone.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
0: affecting all of our lives. It's not just affecting the businesses, it's affecting all of our lives. And as someone who studies this space, I was so excited. Um, you know, when Jeff said you were joining us, because you know, there's the question from where did all the workers go, you know, to then okay, let's take action. And like, what do we need to do? to truly be in a position where we can find hourly workers today, not just find them, but they're really the front lines of a lot of our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, that's kind of an opening for you to just yeah. introduce yourself and what you do. And then you know, Jess has so many questions for you, I probably am not going to say another word.
2: <laughs> yeah, and, and, and let me know wherever we want to want to take this, and we'll, we can um, go to the chat too. So maybe just a quick um, background for for me. I. Um, have gotten to sit in a lot of different HR seats and functions. So was at Abercrombie & Fitch for about 12, 13 years, and then got to join McDonald's and was the head of global TA and talent strategy there. Um, I joined- hey Yep. I have to ask you a funny Friday question. Sure. Jess is
0: already freaked out. <laughs>
1: I don't freak out. I find it highly entertaining. <laughs>
0: so the co- the combination of Abercrombie and Fitch, which every time I walk by one of those stores has a smell <laughs> that I don't know if it ever would escape your skin, and then you wear it at McDonald's, which also has a smell <laughs> which I don't know would ever escape your skin. Like,
1: do you see what I put what, up with? This John? is the
0: common theme that draws me to employers. Yeah, like what do you smell like? Like what? <laughs> Like, do you smell like a combination of Abercrombie and Fitch and McDonald's? And
1: McDonald's um, fries, which that is actually sounds fries. kind of lovely.
2: Uh, yeah, fierce, thanks, Elise. All right, go ahead. <laughs> um, but it's actually it's an interesting blend from an HR standpoint. I'm sure a lot of us have this in like our careers of like, how do you how do you mash up two things that feel dissimilar? And so for Abercrombie, right? Like you learned detail like how to pay attention to experiences and to your point on smell and how do you bring that to all like the people function so what Abercrombie does and continues to do so well is they think about every detail and curating all these different experiences and then going to McDonald's where you think about scale and how do you bring really human moments but be able to do that at scale and so I think that was kind of like the interesting blend and actually, it was like a big piece for me, because we'll we'll talk a little bit about technology. But maybe my story on on tech um, kind of kicks in at McDonald's, where I joined kind of at the point where McDonald's was doing super cool, just like modernization throughout the whole restaurant. So mm-hmm. your drive through order being more automated, going in and doing kiosks, yes. uh, you know, ordering, and then you juxtapose that to our experience for candidates. And I mean, when you think about it at McDonald's, it's like, I mean, that's at, that's at scale. I mean, millions hired per year, yeah. tens of millions applying. And ultimately you know, the, the experience wasn't matching up to what was going on in the rest of the restaurants from you know a modernization perspective. But then also you've got all of these people applying and our restaurants are understaffed and you, they're not having maybe the best experience with us, or minimally we'd want them to have a much better experience. And so we started to kind of like whiteboard and start almost from scratch within McDonald's on, okay, if this is a, a business challenge, um, how do we build the business plan and business case to be able to approach this in kind of a new and strategic way? And so we we kind of threw everything um, on the table to be able to say, okay, um, first off, what's the business challenge here? If we're understaffed, we're gonna have more turnover. Um, we can actually draw direct lines to lower sales, um, to potentially slower ticket times, to lower customer service, and it then allowed for us to say, okay, what can be, um, what can what can be the solution that's sort of next generation that like allows for us to skip ahead and give ourselves a competitive advantage while making sort of the candidate experience more more human and and real and personalized. And so what we were able to do is partner. I'm at the company Paradox now, and we actually partnered with Paradox to design um, a solution that was able to basically seamlessly take um, an applicant from apply all the way through um, like the interview process. Um, So scheduling, interviewing and then onboarding um, uh, and even offering. So it was just a really kind of neat a piece to be able to see technology at play and ultimately for us we were able to automate a lot of things that sped up our process but what i was really fascinated by and i think where it's kind of cool to kick the tires with everybody here is we actually found that we were personalizing the experience a lot more through some of the automation um we were right we were able to um have different conversations with different people uh we were able to move them through a lot faster we were able to give some of that time back to restaurant managers which then allowed for like warm onboarding experiences and more time with those those people that were coming on so i just thought it was a really interesting piece of using technology kind of trying to start to to think about things differently and how that started to warm and personalize um, Mm -hmm. that experience
1: i would love to i think that is so amazing and powerful and necessary and i want to back up a step and dispel Mm -hmm. a few myths about hourly workers uh i like to um stir the pot a little bit and call this the disposable workforce for some reason we have this notion about hourly workers who you know more than salaried workers perhaps they tend to be part-time. They tend to be highly transitional. They tend to be early career. They tend to be low-skilled. This is not always true, but maybe a little bit more often than salaried professional positions. Low-skilled, um, you know, their number one drivers might be pay versus for a salaried professional graduate degree or higher. Like if you actually look at research and data, their, their drivers are different, the things that um, that may, you know, do they job hop more, you know, the, high, the churn factor of hourly workers. And for some reason we have this notion about hourly workers, I think, um, that they don't deserve the same career development, the same can, the, the same experience. We don't apply culture and engagement to that segment of the workforce. And do they need it? Yes, do they deserve it? double yes, and, and why don't we? Is it because they seem temporary and transitional? Because they're high turnover, we don't have time to develop and engage them in the same way? Um, and so the first kind of like myth I'd love to dispel is that hourly work and, and the pandemic proved this. All of a sudden we called them all essential, right? And then, we, and then we wondered why things broke. Literally everything broke when they said, we don't want to do this crappy job anymore. At my, the conditions at work are actually terrible, uh, and and I'm not even paid a living wage, and I don't have enough benefits, and no, and I see no career path for me. And then we scratched our heads and sort of wondered why why this part of the workforce became defiant all of a sudden. And now there's labor shortages everywhere, um, and so I'd I'd love to to put that out there and 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 sort of address. How did we get here? And I think a lot of it has to do with with our perception of this segment of the labor force.
2: Yeah, and I, I think there's going to be a real advantage for the companies that are able to personalize and warm up those experiences um, for that that labor force. I think some of it isn't necessarily in intent. I think a lot of us, and you know, I'll kind of monitor the chat, but I think a lot of us wanted to create those types of personalized and curated experiences, and we we care a lot, and we recognize how hard those like anyone within that population they're working um you know, incredibly hard um have lots of different unique and individual circumstances in their life and we wanted to be able to bring more kind of like whole life approach to that community mm-hmm. i think sometimes that community it's it, it is it's really large and i think yeah. despite best efforts being able to reach them in a personalized way that was um maybe more similar to what we can do with some of our like smaller, or medium-sized corporate you know environments um, was hard before. And I think we're starting to finally get to a place and you two are emerged in it where technology is actually catching up, where it's, yeah. you're not automating in cold ways, you can actually automate in warm and personal ways. And you can sure. get to know a person that is allowing for their specific circumstances to be taken into consideration, their individual development paths to be taken into consideration. Um, and then just like, from like a warmth and like consideration standpoint, just being able to get into their mindset a little bit more. And and I don't want to overly say, hey, it's it's tech. But I think some of the tech that automates and can do it in a warm way will then free up our time to be able to to spend spend that time, especially our managers in yeah. either restaurants or hotels, to to be able to spend that time elsewhere. And I think when you give them that time, it's it's a lot more on like the human. Human side—it's that onboarding, it's the training, it's the development—it's just like the the warm human moments um, because they're not buried.
1: Yeah. Ron, uh, yes. Labor shortage versus wage shortage—very true.
0: Yeah. One of the things we talk about a lot, Josh, is this concept of high touch human versus high touch digital, and you know how high touch digital is a great way for a lot of organizations to, you know, automate to humanate, quote unquote. Um, you know, and when we think about that, you know, one of the questions I have for you is, you know, in what you've seen, man, I mean, one of the things we talk a lot about is the difference between implementation and deployment. When it comes to technology, you can implement a technology, but oftentimes you're not deploying a strategy at the same time, which is, how do I make these managers who have been working a certain way forever, all of a sudden be open to this? How do i make sure that i have employees who are open to this and not say oh yeah this used to be great but now everything's automated blah 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 like i'd love to hear your your thoughts on that i mean i remember the mcdonald's you know the first time i ever saw the mcdonald's supply chain working and filling up a diet coke by itself you know i was like wow i wonder if people like this or don't like it and i said i bet they like it but then when you think about like the human stuff we're talking about here do manage are you finding that managers are
2: accepting of it yeah it's a great question i so I, get, I get really excited about this okay so <laughs> one i would say what i from what i've seen in automating i mean we automated 95 percent of the hiring process within mcdonald's and i'm starting to advise and partner with a lot of our amazing clients that are taking that even further so that's that's interesting um but what i've seen is actually like the human component goes goes up as some of the automation components go up, right? Because you're able to spend your time elsewhere. So I think there are two pieces on the automation piece. One, technology is actually getting to a place where it personalizes and warms up the conversation. So it's individual to the person that's interacting with it. That feels different than it was even two years ago. It's now then freeing up because of that automation that's warm, some of that time for us to dedicate with our teams and our managers elsewhere. So that's really cool. The, the next piece of maybe more directly answer, I think maybe on un, our unlock at McDonald's and I think where it starts to get exciting, I'm sure how you're kind of advising clients is like, don't switch to get 10% better because <laughs> it's going to make it a pretty tough road to get it implemented and get buy-in because the, the lift feels really heavy for 10% better. Mm-hmm. Um, if you bring something so cool, differentiated, And, and frankly, I think the big piece here is easy and intuitive. Then you get a whole lot more buy-in. So, I mean, almost for, for us in rolling it out, it was, we were going from clunky systems, clunky processes that were heavy, that were almost avoided at all costs to now something that was lightweight, easy, gave you hours back versus minutes. And so you instantly create something that like like for us we had this like awesome buzz because it wasn't about like corporate i've seen this in other organizations now it's not about like corporate saying like hey this is this thing that statistically the data says you you should use it's about people actually using it finding it really easy and then wanting to kind of shout it from the rooftops and we were fortunate to to see that where owner operators and franchisees were you know starting to kind of talk about it and be the um be the ones almost marketing it and, and, and getting excited about it. So it's That's, like that generation uh, skip. I yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And Josh, one of the things we talk a lot about is employee experience. And one of the things that scares me is that organizations that we're talking about here on the line are doing a great job with candidate experience, but yet not a great job on employee experience. You know, it's something that we call cultural continuance or cultural discontinuance, which is, hey, outside, I've got this down. It looks great. You know, and it, you know, I mean, you use the word simple multiple times. You use the word easy multiple times. But then once I get in, it's not simple. It's not easy. And day two, day three, day five, I'm ready to leave. And guess what? It's so easy to go across the street and test that out.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I'd love that. I love your thoughts on that. Like, you know, within the organizations you've worked, you know, has it just been making the candidate experience better? Or is it really, you know, experience as a whole and I think it's really important for recruiters to think this way
2: a hundred percent yeah I it's both I mean I think when we talk at sometimes in the high volume hourly space you know if you don't have candidates you don't have employees you need to you need to start there um but where I'm so bullish is how converse this conversation that can be personalized can extend across the experience you know okay so you you've gotten to hiring all right so the recruiting process has been warm and engaging and i and i actually felt like they kind of got to know me and when i talked to the hiring manager they like had time and bandwidth to get to know me a little bit more that was that was pleasant um okay now my onboarding experience i'm getting all of my questions answered it's starting it's starting to be tailored a little bit more towards me that's really exciting i'm starting in my first day first two weeks and I'm getting pings about how I'm doing and just like quick temperature checks. I mean, I love how you even started this call, mm-hmm. right? Like we all kind of need that. And I think actually within the hourly workforce, we probably need that even more of just like, Hey, how are you doing today? Um, you know, where can we be helping you? Where can we be developing you? Um, and I think some of the, the ways like seamless technology can help that community of just like pulse checks, communication, Easily change your shift if you need to, um, easily get the development pieces that you need, not like the one size fits all format. I don't know. I just, I feel like there's a lot that's going to be going on within this hourly space that I think we all want to deliver. It's just like, how can we do it at scale, um, that this is going to start to, to free up and it it's not through clunky systems tied together. It's through kind of what feels like a really just seamless conversational thing that's personalized.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's truly one of the things that I hope that we can get better at, you know, in very quickly, because I don't, I don't think we have a lot of time to waste is to make that whole experience better. So, I mean, let me just get goofy for a second. Ted Lasso. Love it. Right. I don't know if you, Jess, are you a Ted Lasso fan? I don't even know.
1: Absolutely.
0: Okay. So Sam and Rebecca, right? So Sam and Rebecca, they started this whole relationship, blah, 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 blah. This is a lot not, of
2: spoilers that I are shut up.
1: these are big spoilers coming.
0: <laughs> oh my God. Sorry. I better be careful. Anyway, like <laughs> uh, now I have to rethink what go I go for
1: thinking. it. You're already in it.
0: So so when we, when read, we when when you're we, at least
1: two or three episodes behind, mute now. <laughs>
0: sorry. So when we think about just the you know how easy it is to develop relationships through technology. Yeah. You know, yet all of a sudden, when we meet in person, that has to carry all the way through. Yeah, Right. And I, I think that there's a really interesting lesson that we can. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I feel really um, yeah, This is why I can't be on public TV or anything, but there's a really interesting uh, lesson <laughs> to carry through, um, you know, about how do we take those, those connections we build through technology and bring
2: them into life real time. Yep. Yep. And yeah and then there there's that free up the time too there's um an example it's a restaurant i always like um kind of sharing an example there it's a restaurant called hot chicken takeover they're out of columbus and they've been at this for five years but their whole one of their missions um they do fair chance employment but it's um they've been at it for a while on like how do you really mm. think about retention within this space and think about the whole person and what if we put that at the forefront yeah, yes we sell chicken but we're really about the humans that are coming in. And so they do just like some amazing things by like dedicating HR and managers to curating the experiences that are there from personalized like promotion paths. So think almost like micro promotions in weeks. Um, That's not like one size fits all. Um, That's really cool. It's, you know, how do you save for the thing that you specifically wanna save for? Jason, for you, it might be, you know, the the car to be able to get you to work. and just for you, it's, it's the education uh, component that you want to save up for, but it just felt like, oh, like that's really warm and thoughtful. And then from a business side, because it has to tie to that too, you know, they're seeing retention rates through the roof where most of us are seeing, you know, probably over hundred percent turnover within the hourly space, if not even more than that. Um, so I don't know, it's, it's, it's an interesting piece on this, this last six months, this last year has probably gotten us a lot more sophisticated within the space on business, you know, building business plans mm-hmm. to be able to say, hey, if we if we can open shop, here's what that that means to us. How important then that means our our team is, and not just getting people through the door, but you know, to your point, how are we retaining them and thinking about them as like individuals um, that have these these personalized, warm experiences with us, even if they only stay for six months, um, they're still being able to get get that type of experience post hire. I mean, and claire,
1: a, yeah go ahead jason you probably oh, picked up on We're going
2: to say the same thing i was
1: well claire to your point yes we say experience loosely it's not a single point in time it's not the experience of a single transaction or a single moment that matters you're correct it is the and it is the entire journey but that was kind of my uh, part of my point earlier about about vol you know the hourly worker who may be part time, who may only be with you for six months or two years, who may be early career and they're not with you for like long-term career planning and development and whatever. How do you provide an experience or how do you become part of their journey? And I think to your point, Josh, I mean that you don't have a lot of time with, with some of, you have to get quickly to engagement to true experience to you have to connect them quickly to your culture and values so that they can be high performing deliver beautiful customer experiences get everything they want out of the relationship while they have it Um, and i think we have to overcome you know the idea that you're, you're not going to have sometimes you will but you're not always going to have uh lifetime hires but sometimes you will or sometimes somebody will come back to you at a different point in time, because they're a loyal alumni, because they know that you deliver um, a, a true culture and engagement and experience that they can tap into when it makes sense for them to become a contributing member of your workforce again.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I love, at least if, as you think about it, like a thought process, like who has the most loyal alumni base? Like that, that seems like a strategic advantage, right? If, totally. If you have a really loyal, loud, hey, I was there for three months or six months or a year. And that was incredible. And then the other one is like, how do the people who don't get offers from you or move through the process? How do they think about you as well? And I think if you actually can craft some of your experiences with both of those in mind, just think how much warmer each of those end up being. Oh, this person can be an advocate for me, even after they move on. How do I curate this experience? Whether they're here six months to a year, two years to life. And, hey, 90% of the people that come into my funnel, maybe because just like the schedules don't line up, or I don't have the shifts to be able to give to them, may not be able to make it their way through. How do I give them something out of that, that experience? One, how do I make it simple and easy, you know, not, not waste their time, but then also can I give them something? Can I give them an experience? Can I make sure that they feel really positive about our, our brand, you know, regardless of the outcome.
0: Yeah. And, and one of the things I think that's really interesting, and I'm going to go back, Josh, to the uh, a Ted Lasso example, which isn't going to be a spoiler. But I, I think that right now, and I'd love your thoughts on this, e- even through technology, there's a lot of people creating that three dot experience. Uh, you remember Sam, oh, three dots, oh, three dots, oh, three dots. But then, oh, it's gone. And then it's gone. Oh, oh three dots, oh, three dots, oh, three dots. <laughs> oh, three dots! Then it's gone. I mean, I, 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 so I think that there's a lot of people that, well, we're using cool technology and, but you know, by the way, I'd love for you to talk a little about Olivia and paradox here. Um, you know, and your technology, how do we make sure we don't create that three dot experience because managers are sitting there like not responding or leaders are taking their time, uh, which is creating that three dot experience, which at the end of the day, they're like, Oh, Sam's just going to move on to someone else because, I've got this three-dot experience.
2: Yeah, it's it's. I think it's where technology has gone in the last three years. And I think where there was probably some frustration as we were kind of all moving through this, like going from huge ACMs to like kind of this best of breed phase. And um, you you started to see some emergence of of chatbots where there was like some ping-ponging back and forth. You know, I'd say where we're at, and I think this feeds into Paradox, is through this like smart natural language processing you can actually engage with candidates and automate a lot of that process while personalizing the experience so for paradox we have this is what we were able to whiteboard at mcdonald's Um, it's called mchire there and then it's kind of become the dominant um, use case within hourly and franchise across um, you know healthcare hospitality uh, retail restaurants and a big piece of it is You can apply in under, you two minutes, 90 seconds, and you're just doing that through text. You start with the QR code, right? You then can, um, you're getting screened. So your minimum, minimum qualifications can then get you to a scheduling stage. Typically, what did we see our, our managers doing when that happened? Well, they'd, they'd go in and check when they started their morning shift. They would then send off a text or an email, wait to hear back. Well, with this technology, you basically can, within a minute of the application process, you can get scheduled. So now within about three minutes, you're applying, getting screened, getting qualified and getting scheduled. So for us at McDonald's, that was a 48 hour process that now we took down to three minutes. And what that ended up doing was it got us more candidates in the pipeline. That was amazing. Um, It allowed for us to actually have better quality candidates because some of the other competition wasn't getting to those candidates first. And then we were able to um, really reduce like show um, our no-show rates at, at interviews because you didn't have that like drop-off or that lag. You were able to get mm-hmm. them booked right away, and because we made it so simple, we were also able to do some just really fun things later on in the process. You know, send them a video about some of the the perks and benefits. Engage them about what they'd want from their onboarding experience. So um, that was kind of a really cool you know un- unlock for us. And I think that's this this. Um, piece on where the, the tech is is going that I think Paradox is, you know, why we've been able to gain so much ground is it's really easy. It's intuitive. It's how a lot of these candidates are living in their, their lives anyways, right? They're already on their phones. And to be able to make that really seamless all the way through gets exciting.
1: You know, we've talked about the concept before. When we talk about Talent attraction and hiring practices. Unfortunately, there are so many processes and systems in place now that sort of feel like we're we're everything is built to screen people out, versus open the floodgates and let more appropriate people in, more rel- more viable talent in. Um, and and so I love the the power of technology and automation can can actually help you do that. Can actually remove some of the barriers of entry. <laughs> Um, by quickly screening for um, conditions that might exist, that might be a hindrance, that might be a, like how can we get this person through the process more efficiently, whatever their needs or circumstances or requirements are. There's an inc- a huge inclusion play to this, by the way. We, we sort of, we went over it really quickly and I wanted to come back to your, your chicken restaurant example. Yeah. Second chance hiring, for example, If somebody indicates, and I don't even know the the exact nature of the the restaurant that you referenced, but, but the notion of second chance, if somebody has a criminal history, is your system set up to immediately knock out anybody who throws a flag of any kind, when in fact there are ways to get over what might seem to be a barrier to entry? And that's again where you create seamless automated experiences that are able to quickly sort of dissect and and move around potential barriers. Again, that's a way to open the, the pool to more potentially viable talent or to kind of quickly handle some of those screening things that it might take longer for a human being uh, to to sort of work around or sort of throw in the towel. Like I can't I can't figure that out right now.
2: Yeah, it's it's um... I maybe mean, a few unlocks for us. Um, we had um, one was, how do you make that initial application process? Just like, how do you remove like every barrier you possibly can, like, yes. s- strip out some questions there that are unnecessary, if you're not using those for screening, strip them off. Um, the point of engagement, like no logins, no passcodes, anything like we were, we yes. were, you lose double digit percentages by that. Yeah. Um, and, and then just like, Really quick and easy. I mean, I think that's where we landed on this conversational AI, but the ability to engage through QR code or, or text. So I think that that's really interesting. Then the screening process, to your point, a lot of times we were having, and you kind of see this in hourly. You sometimes kind of have this pause point. They fill out their application. A human brain goes in and starts to review, and it's kind of based off of based off of what and so i think as as we've been able to work with a lot of our, our clients it's been fun to be able to hear oh you know this this these things are a really important the, the scheduling component when they can work x y and z um but these other things you know those those might be just topics we would want to talk about them with so then
1: mm-hmm. that's
2: a really neat way because you to your point you now have broadened the pipeline who's coming in because you've made it so simple and easy you've then eliminated some of the things that were um, kind of barriers to those people like moving and progressing on in the, the the process. And then you're also getting to them right away to be able to bring them in and keep mm-hmm. them engaged so that you actually have an ability to hire them. Because um, if you're not doing it, you the way that this is moving, it's moving so fast, you're going to be at a competitive disadvantage because someone else has probably had that unlock at this point where they're going to yeah. go after that candidate and hire them and hire them probably within 48 hours. Um, yeah. So I, I think that's, it's a really interesting convergence to your point on this, where um, you know you're looking at inclusivity, you're looking at personalization, but then you also have to move really fast to yes. be competitive.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And Jenny gave a great example of that. Do you have a driver's license? Can you get yourself to work? Oh, sorry, and you move on. What an opportunity an example, to you know. Yeah. Or if somebody said, I can't work that shift at that restaurant, if you don't, if you haven't found a way to make your processes or your data intelligent enough to say, oh, you would need an evening shift. We have that one at the store two blocks away. Like if you're not making your, your data, your systems, your automation intelligent enough to connect some dots and take advantage, we just let talent fall through sieve after sieve after sieve. Um, there, yes, there's, at a time like this, when people are more valuable than ever, you've got to find ways to engage and capture and convert really, really quickly. And part of that is, in make your systems intelligent.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. And then to your point, and once you've done that, then you can really start getting. I mean, onboarding and the, that first two weeks is so important within that that population. And. Yeah. minimally this gives you a lot of time to be able to, to dedicate to that or you know start to introduce some some new ways to like communicate
0: yeah so quick question Josh and this is I, I say it's well I say quick just because of what time it is but it's not a it's a, it's a terrible thing to bring up at this point probably <laughs> um, like so based on everything we talked about I I see this only getting more important not less important based on the labor talent shortage wage whatever you want to call it um, that's going on right now um, do you think that every, where I mean where do you think this goes like do you think this labor shortage ends um, or is this just the way it is uh, going forward if you look at some of the retirement rates and people leaving the workforce and things like that like is just this the way it is and we all just have to accept it and say like we need to you know pull up our boots and you know become better just be better. When it comes to doing this stuff,
2: yeah, I'd hate to sit here and say this is the way it is. You know, I think there are going to be some interesting headwinds and tailwinds coming into the holiday season within the hourly mm-hmm. population. We we may have some people returning back to work, right? Because um, school is back in session. Um, we you know potentially have have some more returning from like um, uh, you know feeling a little bit safer to be able to return um but then you've got the same spike in holiday hiring that's going to come even like the Amazon's retailers of the world are going to have that that spike what I would say is um I think we all got savvier and I think we're able to have the ears of not only chief people officers I think in the moment you know I Jenny's on here, you know, others others are on here where you've almost had the ear of the, the CEO. And that was even my my case prior, where this moment has allowed for us to not just have this be like an HR topic, but a business topic mm-hmm. and more cleanly draw the lines of how our people are building and driving our businesses. Um, so I, I think I'm pretty optimistic on that, where the cool piece is it's, it's going to allow for a lot more transformation to make like The right technology come in to personalize and warm up these experiences um you're seeing kind of across the board the different like benefits packages that you know i think we've all seen the news on you know target's done an amazing job chipotle's done an amazing job on kind of what they're rolling out there and then people are realizing you know what's right for them in terms of of pay but i mean across the board you're seeing a lot of a lot of pay start to to come come in there and i think um you know almost how how we even started this conversation how you're treating not just those that are applying, but how you're you're treating and thinking about your employees gets to be really really high on the the priority list. You want to be able to retain them. You want them to be amazing alums if they do move on. Um, you want to be able to develop their, their their skill sets. And I think we're going to get super creative and cool on on what we can what we can all do there.
0: Yeah, and Josh, last week I lost my temper uh, on oh. this. At this point in time where I basically said I'm I'm losing my patience with HR trying to make business cases for this, like if people can't make a business case to do this, like your function is very ineffective because all you have to do now is just look outside, like go into a place like we're all competing with the same people for the same talent. Jess, thanks for (laughs) it.
1: It's so good.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Jasper. i to watch uh, that. Throwing that out there, but like seriously, like, like do just do something. We have to be better, and you know it doesn't matter if everything goes back if there's CEOs that think it's gonna go back to the way it was, because even if it, even if that does happen, our competitors have upped their game. Our competitors are using paradox. We're not. Like, we suck. Sorry, but like we're not. Well, there's no possible way we can compete. Unless right. we think about using tools like that.
2: Yeah. yeah it's, um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's actually been really fun on LinkedIn to, no, interesting to follow so many CEOs. And I think the tenor um, for what they're speaking about within LinkedIn has is, is shifted so much on the people front. And I think we've also seen like a lot of change within people organizations to bring in, leaders that have a lot of business savvy. And I think that's allowing for these business cases to be heard even more. Um, you know, I think it's just it's a it's a super clear line now between how people are driving business and what can happen if you don't have the people to be able to staff your restaurant or um, enough nurses in your hospital or staff to go out and do in-home health care or drivers to drive your trucks, um, I mean, one of my, um, a really cool example from one of our clients is they actually sit and report into the COO as head of TA because it's a piece for them on how do they help more people. And also it's a you know key part of like being a revenue driver for them, yeah. which is I think fascinating.
1: I mean, I would go so far as to, Jason, wouldn't you consider it irresponsible actually if one of your leaders didn't come to you and say, we have problems these are potential solutions and we need to execute fast. I mean, how are responsible if you're not addressing the elephant in the room and moving fast and acting on it?
0: I mean, yes. I see Duncan on here who just said we're, we're deploying paradox. Like, I, like, don't even ask me that because I'm going to start sweating again. <laughs> oh, the yes, it's irresponsible. Yes, yes, we're wasting the opportunity. Yes, 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 yes. yes, 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 yes.
1: yes the offensive line you guys it was a great football analogy you have never had a bigger opening cleared for you if you are not and you're the best running back in the league and you're not running through it you should be fired
2: and, and that's a piece too yeah. if um if there's anything from like building business cases uh reach out to me i can uh, at least kind of walk you through a couple of things i've, I've seen but happy to happy to chip away at some of those yeah
1: so oh, John, like,
0: just thanks for fun. letting, thanks for letting us talk about your smell. Um, <laughs> uh, just I will, on that note, I'll let you uh, close up.
1: Here. He always does this like, okay, close that up. <laughs>